All right, Ben. Uh, we just got done watching one of the wildest games that I think we've ever seen. A lot of the Vikings players said they've ever been a part of in a 33-30 overtime win in Buffalo. They got a healthy Josh Allen. That elbow sure looked fine to me. <laughs> I, I didn't see any issue with that elbow. Um, and they got his best shot, Buffalo's best shot, and they withstood it. And uh, it was uh, one of the more impressive wins I think we've seen from this Vikings franchise in some time. Um, to, hear, to hear Justin Jefferson say afterward his 32-yard catch on fourth down, one of the big moments in that game, um, him saying afterward that he thinks that catch, you know, means more. He said he told his teammates that this means this is our year, basically, mm-hmm. yep. to go to go all the way. The young kid was ready to kind of crown themselves right away here, but um, it was certainly an impressive win. Yeah, I was trying to think in our – so this is your 10th year, I think, on the beat, and it's my 11th. Somebody asked me uh, – I had a friend text me tonight and say, this has got to be one of the crazier games you've covered I was trying to think where that ranks on the list for me. Um, Baltimore in 2013 comes to mind. Um, the Packers finale in 12, that was my first year on the beat. Uh, when they beat the Packers and Adrian almost broke the record, comes to mind. I feel like there were some weird ones the last couple of years, too. Um, Minneapolis Miracle, certainly. Yeah, yep, yep, that one. Um, boy. Gosh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the biggest ones. Um, there were a lot of crazy finishes. It's odd, even some of like the losing seasons stick out the most. Like 2013 was one of the wildest seasons, just in terms of those finishes. But yeah. um, in in terms of this one, I mean, one it was just one thing after another. Haymakers back and forth, left and right, and to see the offense um, not punch it in totally at the very end in overtime, but do just enough with Josh Allen throwing a second red zone interception to Patrick Peterson. Um, it's it's hard to figure out where to start with this game, but um, I guess it, I guess it's got to be the offense winning a shootout pretty much. Yeah, and and getting itself back into a shootout. I mean, yeah. that game was yep. twenty-seven to ten in the third quarter, and you're kind of sitting there thinking they're going to get blown out, or it's going to be simple, easy. Um, Maybe finally I can have a game story that I can just kind of not have to be frantically typing in the last five minutes. But no, um, they had a chance, I think, to get, you know, kind of their doors blown off in that game. And the Dalvin Cook run kind of woke everybody up. I mean, that the 81-yard touchdown that kind of started everything, longest run of his career, kind of got things going. And then Peterson gets the pick to help set up the next drive, I think it was. Or maybe they scored, and then he got a pick after that for them to go take the lead. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty wild, uh, you know, kind of segment of events there. And I think the fact that they found ways to do it, <clears throat> whether getting Dalvin Cook going, when I thought they did not do enough to get the run game going in the first half, it was good to see them kind of establish that a little bit more in the second half, just to have some balance offensively. And then... You saw Kirk Cousins you know, throw up a lot of passes to Justin Jefferson and say, I'm just going to let this guy have a chance. And I asked him after the game, is there a line with that where you kind of feel like you go too far? And he said, yeah, there's a line. But at the same time, uh, Justin Jefferson made him right an awful lot today. And sometimes it just doesn't need to be that hard. You you get the ball to guys like Dalvin Cook, guys like Justin Jefferson, and 
the the thing kind of takes care of itself in a lot of ways after that. Yeah, that offense, to your point, it, it obviously sputtered right out of the gate. Kirk Cousins throwing the two interceptions, really neither of them um, good decisions or good no. throws. Um, I would say a bad throw on one, a bad decision on the other. I mean, I, Osborne I thought was open over the middle on the first one. He just airmailed it. The second one, I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, threw it right to the guy. Yep. <laughs> I almost wondered if he thought, like he saw a color flash in his eye and thought it was Jefferson. Man, that's almost how it looked. Like he's looking at the safeties, and then his head just kind of snaps over to the left, yep. and then he throws it. And it's like, what made you think that was open? But <laughs> wrong, wrong team, wrong team. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it, it looked like. I I didn't get a chance to ask him about it after the game, but um, kind of curious on that one to see exactly what happened. But yeah, they they had some they had some lulls like they do, but they found a way out of it. To put the the Vikings. You know, you say they find their way out of it. I mean, really had to just um, do it with fireworks and just kind of a bang. Because as you mentioned, Dalvin Cook's big run, um, Justin Jefferson ends up making some huge plays for them in critical moments, third third and fourth down in some instances. Um, But to put it into context, Kirk Cousins throws for 357 yards. There's only two quarterbacks in the last, since the start of the 2021 season, this last year and a half since Buffalo has really been on top defensively um, that have thrown for more yardage against this Buffalo team than Kirk today. And that's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Now they did it against a Buffalo team that was pretty banged up. That secondary is missing quite a few members. Justin Jefferson said after the game that yeah, we were well aware of that. We wanted to attack that. Uh, and they did 193 yards career high for Justin Jefferson. Both of these teams neared 500 total yards on offense, obviously finishing with 63 total points in this game. Uh, it, it ended up living up to the hype, the billing, uh, even more so, Ben, because we thought we were getting Case Keenum. <laughs> Everybody thought we were getting Case Keenum or this uh, banged-up version of Josh Allen. And he comes out and just absolutely dominates, which was impressive to see. Yeah, he sure, he certainly did. I mean, he made all the throws that you'd expect him to make, you know, ripping throws over the middle of the field and you know, the, the scrambling, especially at the end of the game. I mean, <laughs> those two scrambles in overtime basically set that drive up where I thought they were going to go down and win the game. I mean, he, he did a lot of the things that you expect him to do. Now he also did some of the things that get him in trouble sometimes where he has a tendency to take some chances and you saw him do it a couple of times in the red zone. I mean, really those, turnovers were kind of the thing that got the Vikings back into it or stopped drives. I mean, they had forced a fumble on um, Devin Singletary as well. Yeah. Yep. To stop, at least stop a drive. But um, yeah, if they, the, the bills hadn't turned the ball over to the degree that they did. And then the, the biggest turnover of the game, we have kind of buried the lead here. The fumble recovery on all the Bills needed to do was run out the clock was according to the Elias Sports Bureau, Kevin Seifert just tweeted this. Uh, well, I tweeted it after the game. I just saw it now. But uh, Elias Sports Bureau says this was the second go-ahead defensive touchdown by a team trailing in the final minute of regulation since the 1970 merger, which means the, uh, I believe, the famous miracle at the Meadowlands, Joe Pisarczyk fumble is the other one we're talking about there. So, uh, of course, the play where Buffalo is just trying to get out of its own end zone, trying to run the clock out, trying to just 
get out of there with a win because Kirk Cousins has just been stopped a fourth down. You're thinking the game's over. They're going to lose. Um, Kevin O'Connell said after the game, they practiced that scenario quite a bit and work through what you can do, what's legal, all those things. And you see Eric Kendricks come through kind of knifing in. And uh, as soon as there's a bad snap, he's able to get in there and pounce on the ball. And, um, you know, that I think was the wildest part of this game. I mean, we talked so much about why this ranks is one of the crazier ones we've seen. That play, I think, is the most unique thing we saw today. The situational masters extend to even having your opponent backed up to their own inch yard line. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it certainly did. I mean, that's another one of them. Um, Josh Allen finishes with 84 rushing yards. You had brought that up. Um, just, I mean, he seemed to be on another level in terms of the, the, the legs and, and throwing with Stefan Diggs, but also the Vikings were doing this with, um, Evans, Andrew Booth mixing in Duke Shelley, getting a key deflection on Dawson Knox at the very end. Pass break up there at the end. Who would who thought Duke Shelley was going to be a, a key contributor for the Vikings secondary at the very end. But um, there were moments of that game where the, the Vikings just could do nothing to stop Buffalo. And they were giving them short fields too, as well, shooting themselves in the foot in the first half. So them to play as imperfectly as they did throughout this game and still find ways it was the same script that has really been gone on for this entire seven game win streak um and it plays out against a true contender to me they proved themselves to be true contenders in this game that they got buffalo's best shot and and i don't think you can look around and say well you know why not these minnesota vikings this year yeah i think you're right i mean i at this point you know, they're eight and one. Uh, you're not probably realistically going to get caught um, in the division. And I don't know that they're going to get caught for the number two CD there. I mean, I realize they're the fatalistic wing of Vikings fandom is telling us slow down. They, they're very good at blowing these things. They'll find a way to do it. But they're two and a half games up on Seattle for the number two seed. And, uh, you know, they still have a shot at home field. You'd have to do some work to catch Philadelphia, especially since you don't have the tiebreaker. But, um, you know, the number two seed is, is very much in play, which would mean that even if you have to play in the first round, you win. You win in the division round. You get at least two games at home, and then you are a Philadelphia loss away from hosting the NFC title game. So that still has value in that sense. And, yeah, I, I think they certainly have – made it clear that they have to be taken seriously. I don't know what else we would need them to do. I mean, you go you go win a game like that on the road. We've, we've said for so long, these are the types of things they need to do to be taken seriously. And there's so many times in the last several years where they don't win these types of games. So I, it's hard to say anymore that you, okay, we're well, we're going to move the goalposts and they're not going to be taken seriously. I, I think um, – as Patrick Peterson said after the game, if we're not a good team, how do we come in and win this game? So, yeah, I think at this point you kind of have to say they're they're in the mix. They do so even losing their left tackle. Christian Derrissaw was out in that fourth quarter. Blake Brandle plays left tackle in a critical stretch for them and ends up doing pretty well. Um, Vaughn Miller had some big moments against Brian O'Neill at the end of that game, but 
Um, I talked to Brian O'Neill afterward. He said he was still very proud of, of the effort he put forward and, and the entire offensive line. A couple of off- offensive lines that we're talking about uh, just amongst each other that this ranks right up there with uh, the 2019 playoff win in New Orleans for like some of the hardest fought victories of their NFL career to this point. Um, this this was a big moment and, and not just for um, this Vikings team and the national talking point of whether or not they're contenders, but for a lot of these young players who for Ezra Cleveland, his first time being above 500 was being 1-0 this year after beating Green Bay. And this is his third NFL season. This this was a losing locker room for a while. And these guys are enjoying this run. Um, ben, do you find it suspicious that we have not seen the Kirko Chains video from this this version? I, I, I wonder if it's something that they just purposely wanted to keep in-house this time around or if um, this is building up to something. Uh, my hunch is they... Well, there may be something building, but I also would not be stunned if they were told or, uh, you know, may, whether by Kevin O'Connell or by a veteran player, hey, let's uh, let's not live stream this one. Because it was probably younger guys that were live streaming it last week. And I'm trying to remember who who said the thing this week about no social media on planes. Well, it was it was Cameron Dancer who who spilled the um, latest version, the one that had Adam Schefter dancing shirtless on ESPN. Yes, thank um, you for that. And it it was Kirk who had said, I thought as a team we established the rule of no social media. Uh Dancer didn't even play. Thing. Dancer didn't even play in this game. So yeah, he can't be the guy uh spilling what's going on this time, this time around. Um anyway, um yeah, you look around the division standings, conference standings, the Vikings trail the Eagles at eight and uh Minnesota eight and one, Seattle. Six and four, losing to Tampa Bay in Germany. Tampa Bay at five and five. Um, the Vikings host the Dallas Cowboys next. The Cowboys just lost to the Green Bay Packers, just in terms of <laughs> wild NFL, and you never know what to expect. Um, the Packers end up beating Dallas, and now Dallas comes to Minnesota looking to bounce back. So the Vikings are going to get to get to prove themselves all over again moving forward this time around. They're home um, dogs, I believe. Home dogs. Oh, the world's against them, Ben. Seven seven wins in yeah. a row, and they have their backs are against the wall. That's that's right. Where Kevin up. The Eagles had a few years ago. <laughs> that's right. Where the uh, Kevin O'Connell, I'm sure, he, where he wants the team to be at. Um. All right. What else should we talk about from this win here? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's so much that happened in this game that it's it's hard to kind of keep track of all of it but i mean you mentioned it a little bit not a great day for the special teams certainly greg joseph missing the extra point that i guess analytically forced them into the right decision <laughs> in the sense that they needed a touchdown in the end they couldn't just play for a field goal um to t- try to tie the game but um that and then gave up a couple of long returns you mentioned the field position a little bit and a couple of those returns the bills had kind of set them up fairly well the Vikings also made some aggressive decisions bringing the ball out of the end zone and a couple kick returns that didn't work out for them in terms of net yardage but yeah the ones they gave up and then of course Greg Joseph missing the extra point you know we've seen that special teams going to be really good for most of the season today was not their best day overall and then I guess the other thing that stuck out to me um Patrick Peterson I mean continuing to kind of have his his renaissance year we saw it 
two weeks ago against Arizona, but then today coming up with two plays that really, and he talked about it quite a bit after the game, kind of walked through the technique of the play, but um, that's where having a guy like that, even if he's not the guy that's going to get away from you and, and uh, take that pick back hundred yards for a touchdown anymore. Um, he knows a lot of the tools of the trade and you saw it I thought, on both those interceptions. First one, understanding that he pushed Isaiah McKenzie out of bounds and McKenzie can't get back into play. So he's a free defender. He basically tried to go poach now. And then that last one, knowing Allen's probably not going to go back outside. He's going to try to throw it back over the middle like he did and then get yourself in position to make the play. I mean, so much of this is if you know where to be and you can get yourself to the right spot, that makes up for being able to cover the most ground. If you don't have to cover as much ground because you're already in the right spot and you know where to be, that makes up for whatever athleticism you might have lost. So um, he's had an impressive year probably more so than I would have thought. And I mean, it's been kind of a renaissance for both him and, and Harrison Smith in some ways. So uh, shout out to the old guys, I guess. Anza Darius Smith. Uh, he, yeah. was, he was yeah. pretty good in this one. He had another sack. Uh, this is the third multi-interception game of Patrick Peterson's career in the first, I think since 2014. Um, so he's turning back the clock in, in a few ways, which is, Really good for the Vikings defense. And, and I think we've had the conversation before about, and a lot of, it's not just us, it's a lot of people, about unsustainability in this Vikings team. I think it's come down to a lot of it being, well, they've just gotten super timely takeaways. And yeah. their defense just keeps, you know, really in the clutch, these fourth quarter overtime moments. And this was no different. They just did, did it again. They just keep doing it. This this thing about what well, they can't keep coming up with the clutch defensive play that doesn't always happen. Well, it, it actually does. It just keeps happening to them because they do it again against Josh Allen and the Bills. And um, yeah, that that Patrick Peterson uh, play, obviously the botch snap um, at the goal line. I mean, these are t- takeaways that you really don't think you can reproduce, Ben, but they keep finding ways to do it. Yeah, they do. I mean, they they have continued to come up with the plays when they've had to have them. And in two weeks ago, it was, well, I guess Peterson made a couple of them in that game. And uh, in Miami, he had the the uh, the interception of Teddy Bridgewater right at the end, where he's blowing kisses to the fans in in Miami. And then uh, I guess Washington. I'm trying to think who had it. It was Harrison Smith, I think, last week. So. There was uh, was it a Josh Metellus interception against the Lions at the very end? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think it was a hail mary. Cam Dancer stripped the ball out of Amir yep. Smith and Reset's hands. The Bears yep. game. Yeah, and then Dantzler, it wasn't a turnover, but the pass breakup at the end. I mean, they've had a couple of those too. I mean, give them credit for that. That their corners that get picked on have made a few plays when they've had to have them. Dantzler with the breakup and. In London against the Saints that they had to have, and then Duke Shelley today with a game saver. So, um, you know, they're they're getting contributions. I, I it's you still wonder. I think what it would look like for them to play these types of quarterbacks three, four weeks in a row, which they potentially have to do in a playoff run. But, um, you know, you worry about that when you get there. I guess I I think that's still one of the bigger concerns is would they get picked apart and can cousins answer enough, but uh, they're going to have their shot to answer all those questions. Cause it, it would be really 
almost inconceivable to miss the playoffs at this point. I mean, I, you're, we're still, they can't clinch the division Thanksgiving night, but we are talking about a very early December NFC North clinch if they keep this up. And, you know, then you go from there and, and see what happens. Road to the Super Bowl. It's in Glendale, Arizona, folks. Put it in your calendar. That's where the Vikings have their sights set after a win in Buffalo. We will talk to you guys this next week to preview Sunday's game at U.S. Bank Stadium, the start of a three-game homestand for the Vikings, beginning with an afternoon game against the Dallas Cowboys. Until then, please check out startribune.com.